Welcome to Holistic Hideaway, your weekly transformative journey into the world of holistic health and well-being. I'm your host, Ilana Cohen. I'm so excited to have today's guest, Tony Shore, the president of the Chicago-based Investor Awareness, Inc. Hi, Tony. How are you? I'm doing great, Ilana. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. So first of all, I'd like to start off by telling our audience that Tony and I are from the same town in the northern suburbs of Chicago. So I love the fact that we can represent us and how we have come into the industry and being where we're from in Illinois. Well, we're certainly blessed being in Illinois, obviously being one of the strongest cannabis markets. Absolutely. So, Tony, can you kind of tell us about your background of how you got into the industry and what you were doing before that? Thank you. The story is actually quite interesting in the sense that, well, I'm not saying that just because it's about me, of course, (laughs) but rather it's a great example how people's lives can change after a career path for a long time. I've had a successful investor relations consulting firm for the past 29 plus years, and I've represented public companies of industries in every sector from healthcare to energy. And through that process, I decided to pivot away from that business little shy of two years ago and entered into the cannabis market business marketplace, which is growing every day and was an exciting spot that I wanted to find myself in. The reason I got there was I was representing a publicly traded company in cannabis, a small California public company that needed help. And how they needed help was through expansion. They were looking to acquire other cannabis businesses. And through that relationship, I started to cultivate relationships across the country and realized this was my calling. So I pivoted my business into mergers and acquisitions in cannabis. Awesome. And you have been really busy moving the needle with a lot of exciting things lately. And I'd love to kind of touch on, you know, getting your clients and how you acquire them, as well as the award-winning cannabis brands that you represent from manufacturing and licensing and partnerships. You've got a whole lot on your skill set. Well, I'll tell you, it's an interesting time in cannabis. Uh, The cannabis companies are implementing strategies such as strategic alliances, partnerships, mergers, and acquisitions. Geographical expansion is happening every day as more and more states become legalized, both either medicinal or recreational. Services are being launched in different areas of cannabis, anything to maintain a competitive edge in the market. And that's where I come in, where I help play that integral role by assisting these companies towards their success by introducing them to assets that I represent across the country. So what I do is I represent sellers of cannabis assets, whether they are existing operations or they are edible companies, craft grows, large cultivations, dispensaries. Oftentimes, the way that cannabis companies are growing is by acquiring already existing operations. So by finding those opportunities, I'm helping these companies grow every day. 
Amazing. And I've had the opportunity to work with you on some of my brands and dispensary clients. And I'm really impressed that you can come into a dispensary for the first time and have a million ideas of how they can move the needle and really build up their brand. And I was also very intrigued on the fact that you can walk into the business and not just about how you can help them with their mergers and acquisitions and navigate them through this type of marketplace, but also how they can update and change their style of marketing and sales and even the aesthetics of the brand. So can you kind of tell us when you go into a business, whether you are coming in as a guest or coming in to help them, how do you walk in there and just see and decide how you're going to tell them how they can pivot? Well, I would say that my whole life, I never walked down the street and just walked straight forward and looking straight forward. I always looked around and saw what was around me. I always, I grew older. I realized everywhere I went, I looked for ways that I could find ideas that can help my clients excel in any way. And so what you have is an example of someone who spent a lot of years representing so many different businesses a lot of ups and downs from other businesses. You know, I always say it's a lot easier to learn mistakes when you can learn them from other people's mistakes. Right. So through those years of knowledge and understanding, um, most importantly, talking to the owners and operators directly, uh, because it doesn't necessarily matter what I think, it matters what others around that organization are doing to make that organization or business more successful. So when I, I also come from the school of thought, and this mm-hmm. is our Midwest route, Ilana, I'm sure you can relate. We're Absolutely. straight shooters. We're honest. I come from the school of, if you are walking down the street and I, your zipper is open, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> your zipper's open. You might want to know, because if nobody says anything, nothing will change really has to do, it's kind of related to anything in the world, in any way you do things. If you don't say or do anything, nothing will change. So it's always important for people to talk to their politicians. It's important to talk to their employees. It's important to talk to their families. Communications is so important. So to get to your original point, it's very important for me when I create a relationship with anybody in any business or in walk of life, for them to understand from the beginning that if I'm to provide them ideas and thoughts and strategies, that it's not because I have all the answers, but I have answers that are worthwhile for them to consider. And I always say it's important to have fresh eyes, fresh ideas coming into an entity because you can always improve upon it. Absolutely. And I think that having fresh eyes when you go in there, you are not a part of the brand or their inside company. So you can come in and talk about what you see. And, you know, like you said, you are very honest and straightforward. And I think that's something that we need in the industry and need more of it because constructive criticism in any sort of walk of life is a great way to grow a business. So I you are doing such great work. And let's talk about all the exciting things that have happened with you recently, like 
you became the chairman of the advisory committee of the Cannabis Hall of Fame, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's an exciting time, and, and, it, and it, it's a very interesting story behind that, but I should say that I was recently asked not to be chairman of the advisory board, but now I am actually the chairman of the Cannabis Hall of Fame, and that only came as a result of a sad point that the founder and Vincent Normand passed away three weeks ago, and Vincent had asked me to be the chairman of his advisory board, and due to his recent death, I was asked by his family to take on the role of carrying forward his dreams, and we look forward to doing such. Let me tell you a little bit more about it, if I may. Yes, please do. The Cannabis Hall of Fame is going to be housed in one of the most exciting exhibition touring destinations in Las Vegas. If any of your listeners have been to Planet 13 in Las Vegas, they'll know that it's the largest dispensary in the country. It's one that attracts over 100,000 visitors a month. That's every month, 100,000 cannabis visitors to this dispensary. It's a mecca of a dispensary. And they are building a 13,000 square foot large scale immersive cannabis experience right at the entrance and called Cannabition. And this is going to be a space where visitors can come through interactive visuals. They'll be able to get glimpses of exhibits showcasing the legacy of cannabis, the cultures, the rich history from artifacts to music to art and social reform issues. Housed in Cannabition is going to be the Cannabis Hall of Fame which has recognized cannabis leaders, entrepreneurs, and the brands that have really made an impact in the cannabis industry. And it's a very exciting place that's going to be opening in the first quarter of next year. So we're not far away, uh, hoping by April that will be open. If anybody visits Las Vegas between now and that period of time, I encourage you even to walk by and see how large this exhibition space and how tall it's going to be. And imagine going into rooms where you can take the greatest photo opportunities uh, that are trippy and psychedelic. And you walk into a room and there's you're in a room where mushrooms are floating above your head. And it's just great experience for not only visual but also from an educational standpoint where there'll be opportunities to learn about the history of the plant and the cultures of the plant. And, you know, it's always important to realize the uniqueness of the cannabis and the cannabis industry is the uniqueness of the bringing diverse cultures together. You're bringing Wall Street together with, you know, originals that legacy groups that were starting in cannabis, but when it was an illicit market, you're bringing them all together to one table to create a new industry. So this exhibition, Cannabition and the Cannabis Hall of Fame is certainly something each of your listeners will want to come visit next year. 
I would definitely come visit. I'm so excited about that. I have been to Planet 13 in Las Vegas and I was a kid in a candy store and I didn't even make it around the whole dispensary because there's just so much and you don't know where to turn next. And I love the fact of this immersive experience. You know, that's something that's huge in society today, whether it's the Ice Cream Hall of Fame or, you know, the Wonder Museum. And I think for cannabis, Art is so important right now. The model and how you're showing your location and your products, that's really having people gravitate because images and imagery and having something to look at really brings in that whole experience. So I think that this is going to be something that people are going to want to see coming from all different parts of the country and the world, because this is something that's not being done everywhere else. And you're not just going to shop, you're having a whole experience. And it's a great that you mentioned that point, because one of the things I mentioned to dispensaries all over the country when I visit with them is I say to them, if you are just another walk in the door, buy your product and leave experience, you're not going to get that return experience, return customers, the growth that you need. So I really encourage each dispensary owner to look at ways that they can create an experience. So when someone walks in that door, they have that wow feeling because it goes back to the adage that It never matters what one says. It matters how you are made to feel. And if you're made to feel like you're welcomed or you're made to feel that this is visually something that's so artistic and unique, and that's going to cause your customers not only to have a great experience, but to go back and talk to other friends and family and colleagues and say, this is a dispensary you want to visit. This was an experience. Not everybody has that in dispensaries today, and that's the one thing that's missing. So I encourage dispensary owners all the time, you can always bring in new brands. That's easy, but you got to do more than that. You got to create excitement and a reason to want to come back. Right. And I could not agree with you more. And I am so excited to see that come to different states, come to our state and watch what happens next. So let's go back to the advisory board for the Cannabis Hall of Fame. What type of people are on the committee? Where do you find them? Where do you guys come from? And what walks of life? So I will tell you that this is really now because of the recent death of Vincent, it really has taken on an almost like a restart or a refresh. So I am currently seeking the right members to not only be on the advisory board, but to also be on the actual board of directors. Because in doing this, we have to create a business from start. We have to have our legal team signed up, our accounting signed up, our marketing and PR signed up. Those are things that are important when you start any business because as taking on this role of chairman, I know the important thing is to surround myself with smarter people than me because I can only know so much. I can only do so much and I only have so much access to so many people. You always want to find people who have experience in building organizations, who understand uh, the cannabis industry because they've worked in it because it's not like every other industry in a positive way, I should add. But it's a, uh, 
it's an organization that's really in its almost infancy stage. We're coming into it late. And right now we are on a rapid path of finding sponsors who want to come in and have the exposure to this audience in Nevada. We are talking to the largest brand names, many of which you would know and many of your listeners probably use, as well as we're talking to some single state operators. We're talking to multi-state operators. We're talking to people who want presence to the, for the cannabis market. There's going to be nothing like this in the country where you can get your brand visited by as many people as when it's attached to this Planet 13 in cannabis. That is amazing. And the fact that you are looking to build, and I like that you said you're in the infancy state because that really shows us us how you're going to grow and how you're structuring everything. And I'm so excited to see where you guys go next. I'd also love to touch on when you are on speaking panels, how do you represent yourself, your business, and even the committee? What is your angle that you like to speak to? Well, I I talk about, again, the experience that I bring from working in the investor relations world, which was another highly regulated industry, and knowing the importance of communications within an industry, I bring that to the table initially. I bring, when I talk to groups, the everyone could have a database. You could have 100 people, 1,000 people, 10,000 people. I've always said it doesn't matter the number of people you have, the number of contacts you have. It matters the relationships you have with those names. So I've always prided myself on relationships because when I meet somebody, I always say to them, let's not make this just a one-off friendly, nice to meet you, good luck in the future, but let's figure out a way to reconnect. Let's figure out a way to continue chatting and ways to identify partnerships and collaboration. I can't emphasize enough the importance of collaboration and what will be the success of the cannabis industry are partnerships, are the strategic alliances. So I come in and immediately say to any party I come into, my value add isn't, I'm just going to introduce you to this asset to buy. But in addition, here are many other things that I can suggest to you to make this successful transaction have legs. So once you make this transaction, what are you going to do to grow in that market? Because I am so familiar with most, if not all of the legalized cannabis states, the laws, the regulations, the trends, I'm able to sort of guide them to make sure that they have the right legal counsel, that they have the right marketing people. So it's a value add that I've always brought uh, to any client that I worked with. I've always said, you might be paying me to do one thing, but as a result, I promise you, by natural progression, I'm going to bring a lot more. I'm going to bring contacts and access to the biggest people you can get in front of. So that's where I, that's how I differentiate myself. But again, it goes back to collaboration. I've been very fortunate to find the right people to collaborate in cannabis uh, that's allowed my uh, 
personal and business growth to succeed. Lovely. And we all have our own stories of how we came to the passion for the plant. And I'd love to hear how your cannabis journey started. Well, I would say I always, I always say to people that I remember being high for my eighth grade constitution test, <laughs> which I passed, which I passed. So I would say, and through college, um, partaking in cannabis and being successful in graduating in four years and, and having a successful career on my own showed me always the importance that you can succeed uh, while consuming if you do it the right way. So with that being said, um, I've always had a belief in the plant from a medicinal standpoint. For me personally, I looked at it as a self-medication for someone who clearly would have been diagnosed with ADHD when they were younger, if that was even a thing when I was younger, but it wasn't. It was more of a, Tony, please sit down. Tony, why are you daydreaming? <laughs> Tony, you know, so I found that for me, cannabis really helped me calm down and sort of put me in place to allow me to focus that much more. So um, that's the sort of growth from a personal desire and always believed in the plant. I never thought in my lifetime that cannabis would become legal. In fact, when I was in college at the University of Illinois, there was a very special day that happened once a year called Hash Wednesday. <laughs> That's and, great. Yeah, and Hash Wednesday actually started in 1977 at the University of Illinois. But prior to that, there were hash bashes at University of Michigan. It was a very big thing as a way to protest the legalization of cannabis you know of course at the time it was legalization of weed or legalization right. of pot or legalization of marijuana it was never cannabis but so on this day at the university of illinois they allowed the campus allowed one day where everyone could sit in the quad the quad is this beautiful area of grass in the middle of all the gorgeous architectural buildings where all the classes take place and on one day you were allowed to protest in a polite way because as everyone knows there are good and bad ways to protest and this was a peaceful way and not only were there hundreds of students out there but there were thousands of students out there and professors and members of the local community of Champaign-Urbana and what you found was a lot of people just smoking joints and bongs. In fact, I have a photograph of one of my close friends smoking a 10-foot bong on Hash Wednesday. So I had some really unique experiences in college that also uh, sort of maybe even had a part not only in history and always thinking it was important from it's certainly a medicinal purposes for the legalization of cannabis to see it come to fruition today and now be a part of it one of the most exciting things I think about every day. I'm so jealous. That definitely was not a thing when I was in college. So it looks like we had moved away from the progression from back when you were in college. And that is great that you were able to have that day and that the university let that happen. 
that's extremely exciting. And hopefully that now can be on other campuses is, you know, a lot of colleges now have their cannabis courses. So we're moving forward, which is great. And uh, speaking of moving forward, what do you hope to see in our very own home state of Illinois as we move forward in this industry? Um, I want to see if I had my sort of magic wand and can make it all happen. I would like to see more brands come to Illinois. There's not enough brands considering we're the third largest state from a sales numbers in cannabis. Our brands are one of the fewest. Uh, So it's exciting because more and more brands are starting to come. That has a lot to do with the result of the craft growers who had won their licenses in the state of Illinois are now opening their craft grows, starting to produce flour, starting to produce products, manufacturing and fusing products. So now we're starting to see new brands in Illinois. That's what we need, more brands, more options for consumers. It's very important. The other thing that's been very exciting uh, our consumption lounges. And I hope I, I can say this I was just going to ask you about that. <laughs> well, I had the pleasure of actually seeing Alana at one of the consumption lounges at OK Cannabis in Wheeling, which if any of your listeners are in Illinois, they must go visit. And if you come from out of town, you must go visit this consumption lounge. Uh, it's just a b- beautiful place to hang out with uh, great music and a great chill vibe and a place to consume with your friends. And it's interesting because every time I'm there, I, I think about how there are people out there who do not consume in their home for obvious reasons. Might be children, might be they don't want the smell of smoke in their house, so they have to step outside. This gives you a chance to hang out with your friends and consume. And that's getting to be a very popular destination. And it's one that will only get bigger and more and more of the stigma is diminished in cannabis. You're starting to see it happen. People are, yeah, I have to share a story if you don't mind. I, my mother, 87 years old, she plays a game called Mahjong every Thursday. And if your listeners don't, it's just imagine a game that groups of four or five people play and it's, it's a very popular game. And my mother plays with five others or four others every Thursday. They're all in their late eighties. And one day the topic of marijuana and cannabis came up and, you know, they were, it was never discussed. And literally every single one at that table all admitted to that they are currently consuming, whether it's edibles, whether it's a disposable uh, vape, whether it's to put them to sleep or it's to chill at the end of the day. It's really fascinating to know that there is a big consumer market that's above 50, 60, and even 70 that these brands can now even look to maybe attract that customer base. So you asked what my perfect thing to look for in the state of Illinois, it's starting to happen. These consumption lounges, again, we talked about experiences. They offer experiences. So I look for cannabis to continue to be an exciting place 
And it's so in its infancy stage as an industry from a legalized standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, more and more regulations are going to loosen up for advertising. You've started to see some of the professional sport organizations now accepting cannabis, now accepting advertising. Um, so it's, it's really a good time. <laughs> Absolutely. And I could not agree with you more on the consumption lounges. Also at OK, they have Mahjong now once a week. And, you know, it's really hitting the baby boomer market and above. It's hitting the suburban moms. Wheeling, Illinois is part of our suburban area and bubble. But I think we're all also breaking out of that bubble and teaching the pluses of the plant and really trying to break through that negative stigma. What do you think is the biggest misconception of cannabis? I think the biggest misconception of cannabis is that it's a gateway drug. Uh, you know, for years, people were always fearful that if you start smoking weed, you would start doing crack and heroin and it would just lead to harder, stronger drugs. I think that's a big misconception. I think the other misconception and certainly one that's I think is changing every day is people are seeing the acceptance of leaders of CEOs who have sort of come out of the closet, if you will, about smoking weed. And I think it's become general more acceptance as more and more laws legalize it. it but that stigma is certainly still there. But I'll give you a, a personal example. I can't tell you how many times I have sat a dinner with another couple when I'll pull out a vape to take a quick little draw of <laughs> cannabis at the table. And the person across the table who I never thought would smoke says to me, wait, what is that? And then I tell them and they say, Oh, can I have a hit? Because, <laughs> you know, it's unless it's talked about people aren't always so comfortable talking about it. I, for one, am very comfortable talking about the fact that I consume because I think there is a lot of medicinal and recreational benefits. I think that I always think about bars as a comparison. You know, we're talking about consumption right. lounges. If you go to a bar and there's people drinking, oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes you'll hear fights, you'll hear arguments, you'll hear screaming, you'll hear glass being broken. If you go to a consumption lounge, you see smiles, you see laughter, you see hugs, you see a chill attitude. That's the difference. So I think that as more and more people talk about it, that they are using it again, the medicinal the medicinal benefits speak for themselves. It's not just that I'm saying, oh, they just do great for anyone who's medically needed. No, there are studies after studies that have come out. And now you're seeing all these other groups starting to follow cannabis because they don't want to be too late to the game. So the stigma is going to go away. It's going to take time. It's going to take more and more talk such as ours today. And as I mentioned earlier in our conversation, if people don't talk or do something about it, if people don't tell you that your zipper is open, it's always going to be open. Right. And that's so a great comparison. I love that. <laughs> well, I think that it's an important thing to know. And, and, and also, if just a little, I'll share a little philosophy of my own personal for, for your listeners. And that is, 
if one realizes that they can control only two things in life, and that is they can control what comes out of their mouth and what goes into their mouth. That's the only thing we all have control over. And if you realize the importance of that concept, then if you choose to consume, it's really nobody else's place to tell you you shouldn't consume because it's your choice what you're putting in your mouth. You have that control. So the same thing is that control coming out of your mouth. If people are doing things that they choose that you may not agree with, you know, there's always a right way to say things. But I think it's important to know that both people have those abilities and strengths within themselves and have to find that strength to know that there are so many things around us that can bring us down, but we can only control those two things, what goes in our mouth and what comes out. That is great. And I think that is a very important message and so simple. It's Everything is so simple, but it's got to be spoken. It's got to be preached, you know, and I think that speaking of preaching and meeting people and networking, can you let us know where we can find you next? Absolutely. Uh, in two weeks, I'll be at the largest conference in cannabis. It happens once a year called MJ Biz, where I'll be meeting with clients as well as other cannabis leaders and professionals talking about opportunities and networking with others who are some of which are trying to get in for the first time into cannabis. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunities. That's where I'll be next in April. I'll be at the next exciting Benzinga conference, which is being held in Miami and Benzinga, if your listeners don't know, and it's actually one of the places Atlanta and I recently spent some time talking is a, they're one of the largest media companies uh, in the world, especially when it comes to cannabis. They're the number one. They hold conferences twice a year, Miami and Chicago. Next one, April in, Chicago, in Miami, that's where I'll be. Amazing. Yes, we did spend time together at Benzing in Chicago, and we will be spending more time together at all of these other conferences, as well as hanging out in consumption lounges. And Tony, Great. thank you so, so very much for being on the show today. It was an honor and a great, great conversation to learn about you and what you do in the industry. Thank you so much for your time and for your listeners to take the time to listen. And I'm always available. If anyone ever wants to reach out to me, happy to help anybody grow in cannabis or personally any day, anytime, especially to you, Anna. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Holistic Hideaway. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or the Cannabis Radio app for iTunes and Google Play, as well as subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. <music>